What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show on whatever platform you're listening to us through. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we will preview the first round of the NBA playoffs. We'll also let you know who we think is deserving of the NBA regular season awards and if there are any coaches that are potentially on the hot seat now that the regular season is over. All this and more on episode 195 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 195 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined, of course, by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Good. The NBA playoffs have not disappointed so far. Well, the playing games aren't even technically the playoffs, Tyler. I I saw that the stats for these games. It's not the regular season. I know, but the stats don't count for the playoffs or the regular season. So, like, what do they count for? They're their own separate category now? Post, okay. I'll rephrase. Postseason basketball. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to criticize you. I'm criticizing the NBA. No, it's all yeah. It's all semantics. Whatever. Yeah, we're here. Yes. No, the, it the, is the, the important shit is going down. Yes, we uh, played. We played the 72 games. We've gotten this play-in tournament mostly out of the way. We still got one game tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Friday tonight, uh, the Warriors and the Grizzlies, uh, the Wizards and Pacers. The the last playing game for the Eastern Conference is going on right now. The Wizards are crushing the Pacers, 133-97 to with uh, 443 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, but real quick, Tyler, before we get into our preview of the first round, I wanted to obviously get your thoughts on the 2020 Hall of Fame ceremony over the weekend. I thought it was a really, really special event and special ceremony. Um, one of the most decorated classes, uh, obviously highlighted by Kobe Bryant, the late great, um, and obviously Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan. Um, Vanessa, she spoke for Kobe, and man, I don't know how she got through that. I, it was unreal. Un- unbelievable strength, man. It was, um, yeah, she handled it well, uh, you know, and, uh, it's sad that Kobe wasn't there, but it's good that she was there, you know, and it's cool that she was able to do that for him. It, w- it was hard to watch. Like, you, you definitely uh, – <laughs> it was definitely not easy to keep your composure watching. I was crying through the stuff. whole thing. I was it's, crying through the whole thing, Tyler. Um, it was a dope way to do it, to have MJ up there. I thought he was going to speak. 
I thought he was going to give a speech too, but it was it was honestly I thought really cool that it was just Vanessa. Yeah, no, that I I also was kind of surprised by that whole um, you know him. So basically, it sounds like he like gave gave Vanessa his time up there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but I it mean, was it was a dope one. I mean, it's a Hall of Fame class to uh, for the ages. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, obviously, KG's speech was awesome. Tim Duncan's speech was really cool, uh, especially for such a quiet mannered guy. Uh, at least from what we know, uh, seeing him in public. Uh, on the court because we didn't really see him off the court because he he led such a private life so it was cool getting to see a peek behind the curtain of tim duncan and then kg obviously just such a character and such charisma just i I thought it was a really cool speech by by both kg and and tim duncan i forget who brought it up um but when i listened to kg's speech i it's true that he didn't mention marbury or ray allen yes he did not. I thought that was pretty funny. And the only reason, like, that's not really, like, a huge surprise. Brooke Lopez got a shout-out before those guys. But but <laughs> because he listed off all these players from Minnesota and, and Boston and, and Brooklyn, like, he purposely left off Marbury and Ray Allen. Oh, for sure. So I thought that was kind of – I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and then obviously – Tim Duncan poking fun at Popovich. That that's always great to see. Uh, obviously, he's not a coach with the Spurs this season, but uh, he was, uh, if not last season, but the year before. Uh, so that was that was really cool to see. Yeah, those two are are one of a kind, you know. And they're uh, both such different people, but they they meshed so well together as a coach player combo. Yeah, no, it was the it was the Brady and the Belichick of, yeah. of basketball for sure. Yeah, but all right, uh, that um, I mean, I don't even know how to to top that Hall of Fame class. But next year's Hall of Fame class is pretty cool. I believe it's Chris Webber, Ben Wallace, and, and Paul Pierce. So far, are the headliners for that. Yeah, and see that, that that's what I'm saying by this year's class. It's like. It, this year's class is all NBA. That <laughs> class is like all NBA third team, you know, like where this was, uh, I, I would be surprised if there's a class that's better than this one. May, you know, maybe if like LeBron and Curry or LeBron and Durant, if they like retire at I the don't, same time. I don't, I think LeBron's going to be in his own class. I don't think anybody's going to be retiring alongside LeBron. Well, I mean, one of these guys might, you know, retire the well, same I, year I as think, him. I think Braun's going to retire before those guys, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's just, I don't know if this class is ever going to be beaten and top because as far as accolades and respect and just greatness, those three guys are three of the top 25 players ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Without maybe, a doubt. Maybe, even a, maybe even a smaller number than that maybe top 20 players ever. So um, definitely a memorable class. And for Vanessa to talk and have MJ standing right there, that was also, um, you know, going to be obviously the the highlight of the night. Yeah, definitely. 
But all right, before we preview the first round of the NBA playoffs, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. So now, Tyler, we were talking a little bit ago already about the playing tournament and how it's coming to an end tomorrow with the Warriors and the Grizzlies. But I want to take a step back before we preview the first round of the playoffs and, and kind of talk about our opinions of the playing game or the playing tournament now now that it's basically over. Um, I mean, aside from the Warriors-Lakers game last night, every game has pretty much been pretty lopsided and the higher seed has won. So it's almost like the 72 game regular season was a pretty good indication of what the playoffs should have looked like. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely, it's, it, uh, it, it makes, it's been bad. Like, I mean, there's been two bad games, one good game and the one good game coming out of the West, we kind of already knew, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like the Warriors and Lakers should not have even been in that game, realistically. But obviously, injuries and stuff yeah. like that happen. Uh, but. I, I will say this: it's exciting, you know, just to be in a a tournament format is crazy with a one win uh, winner advances scenario. It is exciting, but yeah, and um, and I mean the league has definitely gotten what they wanted the the ratings for these games have been through the roof they the lakers warriors game last night had uh, i believe it was 5.9 million viewers and the peak was 6.1 and that was more viewers than the 2019 western conference finals so yeah. it's like that's that's clearly what the nba was trying to go for with the playing game is get more eyes on the game get more games on national television get that revenue to make up for the lost revenue from the pandemic. So ultimately, even though I know I said that with the games all being lopsided, that it kind of didn't really need to happen. But from the NBA's perspective, I'd say the playing tournament was a huge success. Yeah, it has been a huge success because there hasn't been anything really bad happen. So... Yeah, uh, it's it's been a good yeah you know the seventh seed didn't like lose and then lose or there hasn't been anything kind of the ten seed winning two games there hasn't been anything too drastic happen right it's kind of been 
You know, it's almost been it's basically been chalk. I mean, we'll find out tomorrow if the if the Grizz, Grizzlies can somehow upset the Warriors. But for yeah, all these yeah. games have been chalk. No, and that that does suck because, you know, that's the whole thing I don't like about having a one game play in after, you know, 72, 82 game season. You know, yeah, it's like we we kind of already placed these teams after all those games. It's a pretty big sample size. Right. But, I mean, I guess from the Wizards' perspective and, and really the Wizards alone, with the way they got off to their season, to like with such a slow start and injuries and they had to deal with a bunch of COVID sit-outs and, and all of that, they were able to really turn their season around by getting hot at the end, getting themselves into, uh, I believe it was the... Yeah, they were they literally finished the season in eighth. But... Granted, they were still four games under 500, but they finished the season, the regular season in eighth place. So it's like the the plan, even though they lost um, the first game to the Celtics, the the playing tournament with the with that with the way it was structured in the seven and eight, the loser of that game has to play the winner of nine ten. The the Wizards really benefited from that. Yeah, the, I, and I'm glad that the Wizards are are, are in it because you know, we thought they were going to be a playoff team all year. We 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 yeah. thought at some point they were going to flip the switch, and even though they were they're under 500, they they still were able to squeak into the playoffs. Yeah, too much. You need those stars in the playoffs. The NBA needs all those guys. Yeah, and I mean Bradley Beal was in the race, the scoring race with Steph Curry all year. So it's like we're going to see more stars in the playoffs and that's just going to bring more eyeballs to the games, which is ultimately what the NBA wants. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's, let's preview the first round of the NBA playoffs and we'll go through each of the series real quickly. Um, We'll start in the West Tyler, obviously the number one overall seed, the jazz, they're going to play the winner of this, Warriors Grizzlies game tomorrow. Uh first off, hats off to the Warriors. I completely underestimated them against the Lakers. Um shout out to Steph and Dre. They they were absolutely incredible last night and showed the the true champions that they are in a in really a, a winner go home type of game for the Warriors who have had such a crazy season starting with Clay Thompson getting injured. And then oh, I by the way, I wanted to correct myself. I said Andrew Wiggins Last week was hurt, but he actually had scored like 39 points the night before. I meant to say Kelly Oubre, so I'll just uh, correct that right there. Um, but either way, the the Warriors, they really came out with a lot of fight last night that I wasn't expecting against the Lakers, so hats off to them. And ultimately, I think they beat the Grizzlies tomorrow, but either way, when it comes down to this first-round matchup against the Jazz, Tyler, I don't think the Warriors or Grizzlies really – stand a chance i think the the warriors more than the grizzlies could make it a competitive series but the jazz they've been the best team all year it's i i unless yeah the grizzlies the grizzlies will get mopped up but yeah. they're gonna get they're gonna get swept by the the warriors would really need to have the we believe st- like mojo going well the yeah the warriors at least have steph curry you know they got a kill they got an ace in the hole so right like, one player can win a first round series. Now, is it likely? No. Um, when you're playing such important... a complete team like the Jazz. Yeah, I, I think that 
I think that ultimately whoever wins that matchup, the Jets still win their first series. Yeah. And I do, I do think it's going to be the Warriors are going to beat Memphis. And I think that it's important for the Warriors to just extend the series as long as possible. Yeah. Basically just to prepare for next year, get these guys, these Jordan pools and, you know, uh, Toscano Anderson. Yeah. You got to get these kind of guys reps out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, to be your depth guys when when Clay Thompson, Wiseman come back, um, and you're ready to go. Yeah, I just Ooh, right. the Warriors they're they're just a lot more shorthanded than the Jazz are right now, and that's really been the key to the Jazz's success all year. Is no. they've they've maintained their health. No Donovan Mitchell, unfortunately. He's not playing the entire series, or just game one. I, I'm not sure. I, I know he's not – I know – I'm pretty sure he's not supposed to be playing uh, at the start of the series, though. Let's check. I'm says the – all right, from Bleacher Report eight hours ago, Donovan Mitchell says, quote, the goal is to return from injury for game one of the playoffs. So I'd say he's right okay, now questionable. So up in the air. Yeah, it's yeah. questionable right now. So we'll okay. see. Yeah. But he they did. need him to make a real run. They yes. need him. Like, Without a if doubt. He's, if he's not on the court, they, there's no way they're going to pass the second round. Yeah, without a doubt. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on now to the Suns-Lakers matchup, obviously, with the 2-7. The and, Tyler, this – I mean, this might be the first time a 7 seed is favored over a 2 seed. If the Yeah, like uh, the Warriors and the Lakers are going to be too – like – one of the toughest seven eight combos I've ever seen in the playoffs. Oh yeah, without and you'd a have doubt. to beat LeBron and A. Davis, and then Steph and Draymond. It's that's that's not it's not an easy out. And the and Phoenix and Utah, you know, Utah has kind of been in the dance for a while, but this is Phoenix's first series. You know, it's it's going to be tough for them to get the dub. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul's the only one really with playoff experience and i mean i don't even want to talk about the game itself last night and really break it down between the lakers and warriors uh i tweeted it out earlier today like there was a bunch of stupidity going on with uh what happened with lebron getting poked in the eye and his comments after the game and all of that so i didn't even want to address that so i i tweeted out after the game i'm not even or not after the game i tweeted it out this afternoon I'm not even going to address the stupidity I've seen about the game because all that should be talked about is the Lakers stepped it up in the second half, played D like they have all season. They're the number one ranked for a reason. They forced 15 turnovers in the second half and were able to mount a double-digit comeback. Hashtag champs find a way. So I just was very, very impressed with how the Lakers like conducted themselves in the second half because – I even said it to you, Tyler, because we watched the first half together last night. I was like, the Lakers, they don't want it. Like, the Warriors wanted it more than the the Lakers last night. But what I saw in the second half was really almost what I saw reminiscent to the game in Phoenix uh, or against Phoenix a couple of weeks ago or just uh, uh, 10 days ago almost. When the Lakers won 123 to 110 to kick off this six-game win streak they're now on. And so I just I don't know how anybody can 
pick the the Suns in this series after what they saw in that game against the Lakers uh, 10 days ago when Anthony Davis put up a stat line no Laker big man had ever put up before. The Lakers have such a huge advantage in the front court, and I know there was a lot of problems last night with the Warriors and trying to match up with them, but it's – I don't think it's going to be are, a comparison. Yeah. Guards are going to be tough, but it's just the question is, is, is guard play be the Lakers' front court play? Yeah. It's going to be tough. Well, I mean, the Lakers have one of the best defensive perimeter backcourts in the entire league with guys like KCP and Alex Caruso, and Wes Matthews has stepped it up a bunch. He was huge last night against the Warriors after he got put in uh, for Schroeder. So those guys are good. Those guys are good defensive players, you know, for sure. But, you know, when you're running into Damian Lillard and Steph Curry, and, you know, that's where the Lakers are going to struggle is against guards, guard play like that, I think. Uh, but it, it's just whether or not it's going to be enough, you know, to win the game, to win a series. Right. And then obviously the, the main factors that we haven't even mentioned yet, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we saw what they looked like in the first half against the Warriors, and then it was literally night and day in the second half. It's it's really going to come down to if Anthony Davis is going to come out aggressive from the jump, like he should, like he needs to, and then LeBron's health. They're going to have, yeah, I mean, LeBron and Ann Davis are going to have, the dudes guarding those guys are going to have grown up, like, watching these guys, you know? Yes. The Phoenix Suns are so young and so inexperienced as far as the playoffs. It's been so long. I mean, even Devin Booker hasn't been here. The guys like Cameron Johnson and Mikel Bridges, I mean. Those guys were in diapers in when LeBron was a, a rookie. Talk about poor barbecue chicken. Like, if Ann Davis is aggressive, it's over. Right. Now, There's nothing they can do about it. Like, Aiden, Aiden is a good rim protector, but... He's no match he's for be, AD out on the perimeter. He's going to be guarding Drummond, you know? Or he's Gasol. Guarding Trez. Yeah, Gasol or Trez. Like Which, by the way, I don't know how Gasol didn't play a minute last night. That was very confusing to me. I was not thrilled with Frank because, Vogel's rotations last night. I would say because of the uh, the team they're playing, like we spoke about before, this is a, that was a small ball team. They're trying to play in the perimeter. You're gonna, they're gonna try and play faster. I just would have, have tried to play a, bully ball Davis against actually, the Warriors last night. I just, I would have well, tried Ann to Davis beat them with bully ball. Some five, well, know? yeah, he did. He, he, he was in the second half. He was incredible from the five. So if you play a different team those minutes might go to Gasol. So, yeah, that's true. I, 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 would, I, I, don't, I wouldn't trip on Gasol's minutes game to game. Yeah. You, you, you know that when you call upon him, he's going to be there. Yeah, and that's that's really how it's been all season. I've just been such a proponent for Mark to be out there because the Lakers just look so much better with him out there. He just he makes everything so much more fluid on offense, and, and he does make some good decisions on defense to where – it, it leads to some great offensive possessions. 
He'll probably get more time in this series, you know, than the one game against the Warriors. The yeah. Warriors are like the uh, the you know the the exact team where it's a tough matchup for him. Yeah, and I think I think because that game, the Lakers were looking at it as a one-off. Like, all right, we're just going to win this game and we'll be in. Like, I think Frank yeah, kind of just you was don't like, have to game plan a series against the Warriors, right? Exactly to win that one game. Now, do you think the Suns can squeak out one game against the Lakers? Because I, I think they can. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'll, yeah, I'll give the Suns that respect, but I, I think this Lakers-Sun yeah. series I, I is think, five. I think Chris Paul gets you a win, and I think Devin Booker gets you a win. So, ultimately, I got Lakers in six. Interesting. Okay. All right. I got Lakers I, in five. I, I, I believe that Chris Paul is good enough and competitive, competitive enough against LeBron James that he's going to want to get a win and yeah. he's going to will will that team to win and then Devin Booker I think he's poised to have a big night um not too many dudes in the league can guard him yeah and this is his this is his debut you know yeah so he's going to want he's going to want to get it it's definitely going to be a fun series though I know that for a fact because it's not your typical two seven series no, it's just it sucks for the Suns. It, it it definitely like that's really all I can say is this is a team. The Suns should definitely be a second round, maybe Western Conference Finals team, but to draw the Lakers in the first round, super unfortunate. And you know, like I said before, they just got nobody that's going to be able to run with LeBron, AD, Kuz, Drummond, Trez, Gasol. There's just they don't have anybody that's going to be able to play with those guys. Yeah, I think Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges are going to be in for a long series. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what the lack of experience looks like versus a a defending champion team. So, all right, but I but I'm gonna I I'm giving them two wins. Oh well, I'll just I'll give them the one. I'm, I'm giving them two wins. That's that's pretty legit. Yep. All right. Now we got the 3-6 matchup between the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. And I think this series, Tyler, is on upset alert. These teams literally played on the last day of the regular season. The The Blazers, they won that game. The Nuggets, they decided to rest their players in the second half. And, well, they they decided to duck the Lakers. And I think that the basketball gods, they're not going to be forgiving to teams that duck the Lakers. So I'm actually going to go with the Blazers upsetting the Nuggets in the first round. I think Dame and CJ are going to be really tough for the Nuggets backcourt, especially when they're missing Jamal Murray. And it's really going to come down to a battle in the front court. And, I mean, Yusuf Nurkic, Carmelo Anthony, Ennis Cantor, and then on the Nuggets you got Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., it's going to be a fun series. I think it goes seven, but I'm going with Damon CJ getting the upset over the Nuggets. Yeah, this is a tough one to pick because obviously I think that the Nuggets, the, the Nuggets, I mean, they got Jokic obviously is the MVP, but Michael Porter Jr. is a tough guard. I don't, I don't see Portland having anybody to, to guard him. And then Aaron Gordon's got, you know, he's a talented player in the front court too, but it's tough to pick against Damian Lillard. Uh, yeah. it, it just, it, it feels like Damian Lillard's just going to make this, this series happen. 
Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, the Blazers. All right. All right. So we're both going with the upset in that series. And yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Tyler. I think that Dame. I don't know if you remember the, I think of the first year of this show, I was a big nugget hater. And that was like their first year of being good. Tyler. And, I remember. and then they missed. And they missed the they missed the playoffs by like that last game. There was a solid, I think, for the first two years we did the TSK show, where Tyler had a vendetta against both the Minnesota Vikings and the Denver Nuggets. I didn't like the Nuggets how, how their <laughs> team was built at the time. It's built a little better now. Uh, you know, less of the Gary Harris, Will Barton's, and more of Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Juniors. Um, but I'm still I, I'm still gonna pick Damian Lillard to beat that Nuggets team without Jamal Murray. I think if Jamal Murray is there, I think Denver wins. Well, yeah, I think Jamal Murray completely changes this series. Yeah, so um uh Michael Porter Jr. I think is poised to have like you know, there's always a guy in the playoffs that kind of pops off that maybe not everybody knew about. Um well, because this... now he's on national. I was just going to say this season has really been like, been like that for him. It's really been his coming out party. Cause it has, it has to, to, yeah, it has to kind of the basketball world, but he still plays in Denver. So uh, I'm talking that national spotlight. Everybody's watching. Um, I think he's, he, Michael Porter Jr. is poised to be kind of a breakout star in these playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I would, I would definitely agree with that. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, well, eh, it's kind of hard to say he's going to be a breakout star when he's only going to get one series, though, Tyler, if, if we're picking the Blazers. Well, you're picking him in seven. You know, I'm, I'm probably, you know, picking him in six or seven. It's 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 not that we think that the, the Blazers are just going to dominate. No, we, my, could easily see the Blazers, we could easily see the Blazers losing as well. Yeah, no, for sure. So, so uh, I'm just saying, you know, if he – if he exploits uh, the Blazers and really goes off and beats the Blazers um, and he's in a second round matchup with somebody uh, like the Lakers, he could be, he could be, you know, he could be poised to be that breakout star in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I would say his mark will definitely be left on this Nuggets Blazers series. And I mean, we're, we're both saying the Blazers might, or or we think the Blazers are going to win this series, but it also wouldn't be surprising if the Nuggets just come out there and win in five. Like the Nuggets are a really good team. Yeah, they are. We're really, I'm putting my chips all in on Damian Lillard being a better superstar and team leader than Jokic. Yeah, definitely. All right, the four-five matchup, Tyler. We got the Clippers and the Mavericks. It's a rematch of the first round last year and a series that really, in my opinion, could have gone the Mavs way if a couple of things go differently but this series I think obviously is going to come down to which Chris Stapps Porzingis shows up and then also what is the health status of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George so I mean obviously these teams do now have postseason history it did get pretty chippy last year this series is I think going to be one of the most exciting series of the first round in either the West or the Eastern Conference. See, I think this is one of the. I think the Clippers got this with no problem. Really, four or five, four or five wins. 
Really? I mean, I think the Clippers win this series in six games. I uh, think the Mavs are more of a 7-8 seed, and the Clippers are more of a 1-2-3 seed. You yeah. Know, I, it's just, I think the seeding is, this Clippers team is real good. Um, well, and Porzingis the Mavericks... would have to, Porzingis would really have to be on his, you know, ready ready to go, getting a good get a good Porzingis out there for them to be able to beat the Clippers. Yeah, and I mean, the Mavericks, before the season, they were really looked at as one of the teams in the Western Conference that could take that jump with Luka Doncic being in the, the preseason MVP conversation and Chris Apps Porzingis coming back healthy and them having big expectations for that duo. But the Mavericks, they didn't really live up to those expectations during the regular season and I think kind of like what you're trying to say, Tyler, is they, I mean, I'll I'll say it for you, but they really benefited from the Lakers' injuries because they were able to get the tiebreaker over the Lakers. They had the tiebreaker over the Blazers. And so it was really them lucking out that the Lakers lost some of those games while AD and LeBron were hurt for the Mavericks to kind of jump them in the standings because they weren't, playing all that well before that stretch where they beat the Lakers twice and then they automatically got that tiebreaker. No, they were, I mean, they would have been a classic, just, um, you know, bubble playoff team. They probably would have been uh, in the play-in tournament. And, and we saw Luca and Mark Cuban's comments about that when they were in the seventh seed. Yep, exactly. And they showed out and they weren't there. So it worked out for them. But yeah, so, I mean, this... This... They're capable because they have superstar. I mean, that's that's kind of you know what all these teams have in common is is what one of these guys on every team could could beat you in one game. You know, it's just what teams are going to be built to win four out of seven. Um, and with with Luca, I just don't think he has enough support. I think after Porzingis, his help is extremely limited. So. Um, I just don't see them winning more than one game against a, a stacked Clippers team like this. Yeah, and I mean, the Clippers with additions like Rajon Rondo, who we all saw what he did last year for the Lakers in the playoffs. Um, I have a very strong feeling that, that Rondo is going to be key for the Clippers, and really he might even win them some games by himself just off of some of the little – pesty things that he he'll end up doing probably to Luca in in this series to to try and get under Luca's skin and, and try and rattle him and get him off his game and then also you got DeMarcus Cousins in in the front court they'll they'll probably have Sergi Baca returning uh I believe he was able to get get in one or two regular season games before the end of the regular season so Sergi Baca coming back is huge for the Clippers and then obviously Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George I think they're better than anybody on the Mavericks outside of Luka. And I would say Luka's probably on the same same par, if not a little bit below Kawhi and, and Paul George right now. Yeah, I mean, I would put Luka right in the middle of the two. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, Kawhi, that, that, Luka, then Paul George. Yeah, I think the, those are bona fide superstars in the NBA, all three of those guys. Um, and the, the Clippers, I think, are, are just a more experienced team, a more talented team, and it's just kind of a, a tough matchup for, for Dallas. Yeah. But all right, let's let's uh, let's head over to the Eastern Conference now. Uh, the 1-8 matchup, obviously the Wizards, they just won their 
last play-in game, so they are officially the eighth seed. They will be taking on the number one seed, Philadelphia 76ers. And really, Tyler, the only thing I'm really looking forward to with this series, because I think the 76ers are just, at this point, uh, a flat-out better team than the Wizards, is I'm really looking forward to Russell Westbrook versus Joel Embiid for a seven-game series. They Those two guys do not like each other. Yeah, what, I mean, that's why those kind of guys are so good for the NBA playoffs. You oh, want yeah. those, those guys in the Rondos out there, you know, kind of causing a mess. Yeah. But yeah, Russell Westbrook's going to come out and try and make this game sloppy and piss these guys off. Oh, yeah. He's definitely going to try and get under Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's skin very quickly. He's gonna say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, we're going to, you know, if you're a courtside, I think you'd hear a lot of you guys think <laughs> shit. You know, like, I don't think there's anything that Russell Westbrook is afraid of when it comes to those two guys. No. And even, even as hot as the Wizards are right now, because they have been playing so much better to, to get them in the position to be in the playoffs. It's the 76ers. They've been the best team in the East all season. Joel Embiid is arguably the MVP. It's I just I don't think this is really any match for for the 76ers when it comes to the Wizards. No, they're going to get dominated. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be I mean it's going to be it, Russ and Russ and Bradley Beal I don't think will get swept, but it's going to be close to that. Probably. Yeah, and they those two guys they'll get theirs. It's just I don't think they have much help outside of they got themselves. For, they got nothing for Embiid. I mean, Embiid is just going to be. Yeah, I mean, Embiid's going to be guarded by Robin Lopez. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be bad. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. So, all right, now we got the two-seven matchup between the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. And before we even talk about the series itself, Tyler, I just want to read a quote to you from Brad Stevens after the game against the Wizards uh, in the play-in tournament when they when the Celtics had won, he said after the game, quote, we'll do our best to get ready for Brooklyn. They're the best of the best. As a fan of the NBA, it's hard to see those guys losing. So that tells you right off the bat the level of confidence he has in his own team. So I'm saying the Nets sweep in four. Yeah, like that, how how do a, you say that as a coach? Yeah, that's weird. I'd have to see like, yeah, I don't know. That is a weird thing to say. Like, uh, how? I'm like, not sure what he meant by it. You know, it's it's what? flabbergasting. How do you not at least portray outwardly to anybody outside of the franchise that you have confidence, like that you don't have confidence in your team? Excuse me. Like, you you at least need to. Tell people you have confidence in the, in your team, even if you really don't. Like, yeah, I mean, how can how be, can the players look Brad Stevens in the face after that? Here's all I can say is Brad Stevens is a pretty a pretty smart guy, so I don't think it was like accidentally said. You know, I think it was pre- like he meant to say it. Now, now don't get me wrong, Jason Tatum went off in that game against the Wizards, going for fifty. Was it 50 or 60? 50. 50. He had 60 a couple of, like, uh, I think a week or two ago. Um, but, I mean, if the Nets, I mean, the Nets, they're they're going to dominate the Celtics. The Celtics have nobody 
I think that could stop all three, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Yeah, no one can. Oh, the Lakers could. No one's got enough to stop those three guys. I don't know. And not, not when it comes to those three. I mean, that's just, you can't, you know, that's just an un, unbelievable amount of talent. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to get swept by any means. The Celtics are still a good basketball team. They're just not a threat without Jalen Brown. You know what I mean? And they're, they're definitely not a threat uh, to win at all without a center. So, no Jalen Brown, no real center play. You know, they're looking at a first-round exit, but this is still a good basketball team. Yeah. No, and I mean, listen, the Celtics – Similar to the Lakers, they really got bit by the injury bug pretty bad this year. They didn't really have their core together for a lot of games, and that that really was a huge hindrance on their season. If they get a center, it, that that's a really good basketball team. They've got just about everything you need. Well, they thought Tristan Thompson was going to be the answer. Yeah, and he was kind of uh, – and, and I was excited for him. I thought it was a good opportunity for him. Um uh, but it just hasn't worked out. He's not that guy. Yeah. So, all right, we we both have the Nets moving on. I think it'll be a sweep. Tyler, you think it's five or six or just five? Um, I'll, get, I'll go with five. I just think Brooklyn's too good. Yep. All right, now we got the 3-6 matchup. It's a rematch of the East semis last year. It's the Bucks as the three seed and the Miami Heat, the defending Eastern Conference champions, as the six seed. And the Bucks, they could have ducked the Heat, Tyler, in the standings by losing a couple of games down the stretch, but they didn't. I think that Giannis wants his revenge, and this is, I think, along with the um, with the Nuggets and the Blazers, I think that's going to be one of the more exciting matchups in the first round with the Bucks and the Heat going at it. The Heat, they were really. Uh, rounding into playoff form at the end of the season. Um, so I think it ultimately goes seven games like that Nuggets Trailblazers series goes, but I think the Bucks end up squeaking this one out. I think the addition of Drew Holiday has been such an X factor for them. And although they they weren't at the top of the East in the standings like they were last year, I just I think they're a much better team than last year still. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really exciting uh, series. Uh, especially, you know, get Jimmy and Bam out there are, are good plays against what the Bucks got going. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately the Bucks team is a better team. They did get better from last year adding Drew Holiday. Giannis is going to be tough for Bam or whoever they want to guard him. I'd say Bucks and I'll, I'll go Bucks in in six. Okay, and that's being I feel like that's being generous. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. All right, let's move on now to the last uh, first round matchup. We got the four five matchup between. I can't believe I'm saying this, Tyler. The number four seed New York Knickerbockers, the New York Knicks, versus the number five Atlanta Hawks. This is the first time the Knicks have had a home playoff series since 2013, and it's their first winning se- uh, winning season since 2013. And really, this series is such a toss-up for me just because of 
how much playoff inexperience is on both sides, but ultimately I think the Knicks will win this series because they were the better team all year during the regular season. Julius Randle playing basically MVP-like basketball, all-NBA-level basketball, all-star-level basketball. Uh, I just I think ultimately the Knicks win this series. Um, so, and realistically, most times in the NBA in a seven-game series, the better team wins, and I think the Knicks are a better team. Yeah, I'm really excited for this series. Shout out Nate McMillan. I love this Hawks team, and they were struggling, and they got him. They brought him in, and this team went on a huge win streak. Uh, and now they're looking at the fifth seed in the East when they were out of the playing, the playing games uh, when Nate was hired. So shout out Nate McMillan, Mr. Supersonic, for getting this Hawks team in it. Yes, I really like this Hawks team. I think they're going to be a threat in the in the future. But I do agree with you where. Um, I think the, the, the Knicks are going to get them this year. Just the sheer amount of smash mouth defense the Knicks play. And, I mean, the game against the Lakers, that was such a crazy defensive battle. I just think the the Knicks, they're going to be able to to shut down Trey Young or they might just leave Trey Young and do his own, let him do his thing and make sure nobody else does their job. It's. I just think that Thibodeau's got that defensive strategy to where he'll he'll be able to to isolate the Hawks to a point where, or not isolate, uh, neutralize the Hawks. That was the word I was looking for. Neutralize the Hawks to where to where the Knicks take care of this uh, first round matchup and and move on to the second round. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough out for them. The Hawks are. I think are very deep, like good basketball team. Got a lot of different things. No, they're very dangerous, right. and if they get hot shooting, they that yeah, they could definitely they definitely poise an upset. I feel like uh, against the Knicks, but I do think that you know with Tip, like the things you talked about, Thibodeau and their defense and Julius Randle, um, ultimately will will get get them into the next round. Yep. All right. So that does it for our first round playoff preview let's now rewind and and go back to some regular season basketball because tyler it's time now to talk about who we think is going to win the nba regular season awards we'll obviously start with the mvp and i'll be honest with you tyler i'm still undecided on who should be the MVP. I wrote down who I think it ultimately will be given to, but I don't know if I necessarily believe this person is the MVP. Um, I think ultimately it's going to go to Nikola Jokic. He he averaged 26.4 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, 8.3 assists a game, 1.3 steals. He shot 57% from the field and 38% from three as a big man. Um averaging almost a triple-double for the Nuggets. He has obviously been in the MVP conversation the entire year alongside Joel Embiid and at the beginning of the year, LeBron James. And in, since then, it's kind of been a revolving door uh, alongside Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Um, Tyler, who do you think is going to be the MVP? I agree with you. I think it's going to be Jokic. Now, I don't know if that's who I'm going to write on my ballot. Um, 
it's really hard for me not to go with Chris Paul. Chris Paul is kind of the guy on my gut that I want to go with just because that Phoenix team has had this talent, this young talent for a handful of years and just hadn't done anything with it. I mean, bottom of the bottom, picking in the top five for years. And then he comes and in one season, they're the number two seed the West. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get that, but it's just, I mean, people are obviously going to turn the argument into the stats. It's guys like Dame Lillard and Steph Curry and and Chris Paul. Yeah, Steph Uh, Steph is very, I mean, he could easily be the MVP this year for what he did for the Warriors and winning the scoring title and and all of that. And, I mean, Joel Embiid, even with the injuries and and him missing extended time. looking like he was trying to throw up Shaq numbers. But he missed 20 out of 72 games, you know. But his team is in first place of his conference, and J- no, Nikola and, Jokic is in third. And he played the majority of the season. It's not exactly. Like he, he, did, he didn't miss, like, all of it. So the injury really doesn't take away from it too much. But I think his team only has two more wins. Right. The The Sixers are 49-23, and 23 and the Nuggets are 47-25. and 25. And then, you know, it's just like Jokic is – ability to handle the ball and pass right but then there's the defense to play the defense argument for Jokic versus Embiid is Embiid is a much better defender yeah it's a it's a tough year to pick because it's the toughest year to pick ever I think there's a lot of guys to that are deserving Julius Randle could get MVP like votes like he's well deserving for what he did to the for the Knicks like having a breakout year I think Ultimately, and this will kind of spoil my most improved. I think he, ulti- I think Julius ultimately gets most improved because they can't give him MVP. But I mean, yeah, I think the award will see go. I'll see it go to Jokic. Yeah, so I do really I. don't know. You know, there's uh, so many guys. I really don't know who out because you know the Blazers without Lillard, the Warriors without Curry, the Bucks without Giannis. You know. The Lakers without LeBron. There's so many guys that are like just so incredibly valuable to their team. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Tyler, I got to interrupt. Sorry, Tyler, I got to interrupt. Albert Pujols just hit his first Dodgers home run. <laughs> dude, Let's is, go. His, Let's he, go. He, the shape that he's in is so funny. Like watching him run to the base is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's he's been like that almost his entire career, but it's, I mean, his 668th home run for his career, first off. That's it impressive. It reminds me of Edgar Martinez out there. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, so he just he just hit his first home run as a Dodger. Sorry, I had to interrupt you there. Um, Classic. Had, what number is he wearing? He's wearing 55. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Oral Hershiser's number and Russell Martin's number. So we can add Albert Pujols to that list of number 55s for the Dodgers. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. All right. Back to the NBA MVP. Sorry, Tyler. I had to cut you off. Um, we were talking about how ultimately we do think that it is going to go to Nikola Jokic. Mm. So, I mean, it's. Which, are, which I guess means that ultimately I would have to vote for him because I obviously think that that's where it's going to go. Yeah. I If I had a vote, Tyler, I would vote for Joel Embiid. Honestly. Yeah, I just I don't know if I can. I, the team, the team did really well without him. 
I don't know. Yeah, he's I very don't know. deserving. See, yeah, he, he's it's very tough deserving. Too. It's just like um, when we're talking. This is what's tough about MVP because really, just beating in the top five or ten candidates is the honor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we're nitpicking at the top just to pick one guy. It's tough. Um, yeah, ultimately, I, mean, I think that if I had a ballot, I, I think I would go with Chris Paul. Interesting. I'm pretty. I I do feel like he really did earn it this year. Um, just showing you what he does, how he affects that win column. Yeah, yeah. Devin Booker didn't do shit. You know what I mean? Like all he did was get 14th and 15th place. And they won eight straight but, in the bubble last year. Yeah, well, and that's. I mean, okay, that's your, and that's what you're hanging your hat on. That's, well, no, that's I'm just good. adding it to the list of 14th and 15th. Like the eight and zero last year in the bubble, it didn't end up amounting to anything because they still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, it's just this is this dude obviously changed the culture and the way you guys approach the game. Yeah. Um, so the, I think Jokic wins it, but my ballot is say CP3. <laughs> All righty, let's move on to Rookie of the Year. I think we're both in agreement here. Um, but I, well, we're both in agreement here. I think it's Lamelo Ball, Tyler. Yeah, I think it is too, and I'm glad that Lamelo. You know, I'm glad that he got back on the court for the reason that I think now he'll win it. Yeah. But uh, you know, obviously, I, I wish he wouldn't have pushed it. But hell, he almost had a chance to be in the playoffs, so it was a good call. It turns out. Yeah, definitely. It was a it was a great call to get him back out there because it did give him a chance to be in that playing tournament. And I mean, whether you want to call it the postseason or not, like we were debating earlier at the beginning of the show, I think even just playing in that game will help LaMelo and really the Hornets development as a whole as a team because they're such a young team and trying to progress in that Eastern Conference. And with LaMelo averaging 15.7 points per game, 5.9 rebounds a game, 6.1 assists, shooting 44% from the field and 35% from three. We saw what happened to that team when he was moved from the bench to the starting lineup. Like, that team is yeah. very promising. He's going to be, you know, I bet you next year he's at a 21-7-7. I, I almost said 22. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. He's going to be right there. The points aren't going to be the most – uh, important stat. He's going to do all this other crazy shit, triple doubles, rebounds, assists, you know, crazy plays. Yeah. Uh, he's just a, he's a superstar in the making, but yeah. And don't get yeah, me wrong, got, Anthony Edwards LaMelo for sure. Like, yeah. No, I got LaMelo for sure as well, but Anthony Edwards, he definitely put up quite the rookie campaign. He did. He did. Um, but again, it's like he, he had. You know, LaMelo got hurt, and I think LaMelo still had more big games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, Anthony Edwards had such a slow start. He came on really strong there in the middle of the season. Um, but LaMelo showed flashes of just greatness. You know, yeah. people were fucking hyped. And 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 there, and there he was playing in more meaning, meaningful games in the sense that the Hornets were in the playoffs and – Chipper Wolves aren't. Yeah, totally. All right, let's go to Defensive Player of the Year now. Um, As much as I hate to say it, ultimately I think Rudy Gobert gets his third Defensive Player of the Year in four years. 
Um, he averaged 2.7 blocks per game. He had a 5.2 defensive win share, and I know I fucking hate those analytic stats like that, the the defensive win shares and, and all of that type of stuff. But ultimately, it it really, I think, is what sealed the award for Rudy Gobert. If you compare the defensive win shares for Rudy Gobert to probably the the next guy in line for this award and Miles Turner because he led the league in blocks this year. Miles Turner only had a 2.2 defensive win share. It's like Rudy Gobert's defense actually won the Jazz games this year in the regular season, and we know the type of regular season player he is. Um, so I think for a regular season defensive player of the year award, it, it goes to, to Rudy Gobert this year. Yeah, I'm, I mean, he's just, for the last four or five years, he's been the best defensive player on the best defensive team. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's, you know, I'm saying he's one of the best on one of the best teams, you know, uh, not necessarily number one every year, but that's why he's constantly in this running uh, for defensive player of the year is because his team is constantly up there as, one of the best and and he is obviously the anchor of that team yeah without a doubt all right six man of the year tyler i think it's going to to rudy's teammate and former baby laker none other than of course jordan clarkson averaging a career high 18.4 points per game four rebounds a game two and a half assists he shot 42 percent from the field and 35 percent from three just a just an unbelievable year for jordan clarkson I'm I could not be happier for for him as a uh, a Laker fan who got to see him in the the late Kobe years as as a young rookie and and seeing his progression and and really seeing the the tutelage from Kobe as a teammate and, and really seeing that manifest on the court it's it's been really fun to watch Jordan Clarkson progress and I think he's without a doubt the sixth man of the year this year Yep, I agree. I think he kind of ran away with it. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Yep. Um, definitely the most exciting player coming off the bench. Uh, Trez is pretty exciting. Well, I'm talking like this. <laughs> no, no, I know, of, I know, I know, I know. This reminds me of J.R. Smith type, you know, Jason Terry. Oh, yeah. Just, just fill it up. You know what I mean. Just go out there and get buckets. Yeah. No. When Jordan Clarkson is out there for for the Jazz, everybody knows he's got a green light, no matter where he's at. And he just raises the energy level. Oh yeah. He he is such a, a high energy player. It's it's really just so much fun to watch him and and have watched him grow uh, as an NBA player. So yeah, Jordan Clarkson, Sixth Man of the Year. Congratulations, bud. All right. Most improved, I kind of already spoiled that for me, Tyler. I think it's Julius Randle. He averaged 24.1 points per game, a career high. He upped his average uh, from last season. He averaged 19.5 points per game. So that's what, almost five points? Yeah. Yeah, five points. That's that's basically almost five points a game. He He upped his points per game for this season. He averaged 10.2 rebounds. Six assists, 46% from the field. But most importantly, Tyler, he shot 41% from three. Unbelievable improvement for Julius Randle. 
in the three-point shooting category. Yeah, I mean, I guess all these awards seem to be pretty unanimous, but I think he's definitely the the leading candidate for that award. Yeah, I mean, uh, an- another baby Laker. Yes, yes, uh, and another one to win Most Improved two years in a row. Oh, did Jordan Clarkson didn't, win it last year? Didn't Bi win it last year? Oh yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, if Bi didn't win it last year, he was he was real. He did, he did. I'm, I had to double check it. He did. So yes, two yeah. years in a row, Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle, two <laughs> baby Lakers, getting most improved. That's that's really awesome to see. And I know yeah. you hate Brandon Ingram because he's a dookie, but I do hate Brandon Ingram. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> he shout out to his most improved award, <laughs> being a baby Laker. But but no, Tyler, I think you're I think you're onto something with most of these awards, I think, being pretty unanimous. And really the only one that isn't is MVP because I mean and I don't it know. couldn't be more it couldn't be more like narrowly margined. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, to do the last two with coach of the year and executive of the year, I think realistically you could probably go one of two ways with coach of the year. You you either go Tom Thibodeau or you go Monty Williams. I would go Tom Thibodeau uh, just from the the standpoint of the net, uh, the Nets, the Knicks, excuse me, the Knicks. They were 21 and 45 last year, which was good for 12th in the East. And in Tibbs first season, he coached them to a 41 and 31 record, which is good for fourth in the East. And it's the Knicks first winning record since 2013 their first postseason appearance since 2013 obviously Monty Williams was with the the Suns last year and I think he has really been what's been the the catalyst for that culture shift in Phoenix obviously bringing in Chris Paul was a great addition and I think even enhanced that culture shift in Phoenix but ultimately, I thought it started with Monty Williams, and that's that's another reason why I probably wouldn't vote CP3 for MVP. Uh, but I, I got to give it to Tom Thibodeau as coach of the year for what he did with the Knicks and, and revitalizing the Knicks. Uh, obviously, with, with the New York Knicks being good, that's what everybody in the NBA wants. So I, I would yeah. probably give it to Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. yeah, I would give it to Thibodeau. You know, we talked about... We talked about like that that extra like hill that the Clippers got to get over, you know what I mean? In the playoffs, like they're playing like their opponent plus like that Clipper curse or whatever yeah. you want to call it. The Knicks have a similar thing going on, and so for Tibbs to come in and finally get that that ship righted and and going in a winning direction, I think is huge and definitely wins Coach of the Year. And, um, you know, they made the playoffs in 13, but from 13 to 01, I think they made the playoffs like once. So we're talking like this Knicks, this Knicks drought of the playoffs really starts back in like 2001 when Ewing and Van Gundy and everybody left. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking 20 years. They've been to the playoffs twice. And Not now good. A, now, now a third time. So it's, it's, uh, uh, it's got to be Tibbs bringing the Knicks back to basketball re- relevance. Yeah, definitely. All right, executive of the year, Tyler. That is finally where I give the Phoenix Suns their flowers. 
I think the CP3 signing alone won James Jones the award. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, see, it's got to be Sean Marks. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Got to okay. be Sean Marks. Confident in that one. Yeah. Come on now. He, he, he put together. You got James Harden. You got Blake Griffin. James Harden and midseason. Uh, huh? James Harden midseason. And Blake Griffin. Yep. And LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, obviously, LaMarcus didn't work out, but, um, you know, and and I love the I love the Mike James signing, uh, but I mean, obviously, that's kind of like minor compared to what uh, James Harden does for your resume. So yeah, I got to give it to Sean Marks for just completely, you know, stacking this roster. Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at that at all. I think James Jones and Monty Williams are lucky they got Chris Paul in that locker room. Uh, yes, very much so, because I don't... More more so than vice versa, you know? Yeah, I feel you on that. I, I feel you on that. I think I think Chris Paul is probably helping those two out a lot. Like, I'm sure that, you know, he, he's, he obviously helps you out as a head coach, and I'm sure he helps you out as a GM as well. Yeah. But all right, that uh that does it for the NBA regular season awards. Now before we get out of here, Tyler, obviously a hot topic before well, not before, after the the regular season is over, obviously, is what coaches are now on the hot seat. I think one of the big names that was supposedly on the hot seat throughout the entire season was Luke Walton but it was reported that he will be returning to Sacramento next season. So who knows what the hell's going on in, in Sacramento in Sacramento. Um, as much as I love Luke as a Laker, I just, I don't think he has been that great of a head coach so far. So I, I, I'm definitely questioning Sacramento's move to, to bring Luke Walton back. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because, He's really been riding off of the Warriors' success. Yeah. And so that is kind of like, well, we there's a lot of people that were involved in that Warriors' success that probably had their hand in it more than you did. So um, I am kind of surprised that the Kings are going to bring him back. But also, I'm not surprised if they like how their young guys, you know, if they feel like Luke has a hold of their young guys, the De'Aaron Foxes and the Halliburtons and um, I don't know if Buddy Heald's going to be around much longer, but Marvin the, Bagley. Marvin, the Marvin Bagley is stuff like that. So, uh, you know, maybe they like the relationship he has with the young players. That would be enough to bring him back. But outside of that, he just, he doesn't, he hasn't won games. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, it's the reason why he was let go in Los Angeles. So It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens in Sacramento. I don't really trust their front office all that much. They're they're one of the more dysfunctional franchises in in, in not just basketball, but really in any sport. Yep, absolutely. All right, a uh, couple of other names, Tyler, that I had listed uh, as guys I think that could potentially be on the hot seat. One, I think, um, I'll start with because really they're not in the well. This guy's not his team isn't in the playoffs. The rest of them, I think, are, uh, except for one. He just lost tonight in the playing game. Uh, but the first one is Stan Van Gundy with the Pelicans. I just, I think with the talent on their roster, 
he should have been able to do so much more. I just I don't know what happened there. He's got to be out. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's the. I think he did the worst job of any. Not that's harsh, but <laughs> uh, but I, I think that he did a horrible job with that team. That was the most underachieving team in the NBA, probably. Yeah. Um, that that team for sure should have been. I mean, to not be in the top ten in the West is ridiculous. Yeah. You've got Steven Adams, who's with salt, you know, been a solid player, all-star caliber center, with, mixed with you know a Zion, a Bi, Alonzo, and a and a Bledsoe, or a yeah, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. You know, that's as that's as good of a that starting five should be able to get you in the top ten. Yeah, that should at least get you into the playing tournament. No excuses. I think I love Sam Van Gundy, um, but it just it obviously wasn't the right right match yeah all right the the uh, the next name i wanted to bring up uh his team lost in the play-in game tonight against the wizards it's nate bjorgren of the indiana pacers we saw a couple of weeks ago if not even uh it was the last within the last two weeks of the regular season there was quite the the heated argument between a couple of players and bjorgren himself on the bench during the middle of a game uh, for the Pacers, so I just I don't really know what's going on in Indiana. Um, I don't know if they hold on to to Bjorken, Bjorkren after this season. Um, I know it was his first year with them, but I just I don't think it went as expected, especially with trading Victor Oladipo and getting Karis LeVert, but then Karis LeVert finds out that he has cancer. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I just I think the Pacers were underachieving this year. Uh, yeah, I think that um, they were underachieving. You know, mainly due to injury. You know, yeah, definitely that's really true. Their, I think he comes back. You know, they let Nate McMillan go. Yeah, who had a lot of success there. Um, and you and you know, I already said what he did for Atlanta this year. Um, but to let a guy like Nate McMillan go, you obviously wanted this guy. Um, I think they're going to stick with him more than one year just to see what he could do if they throw out, you know, Brogdon, Oladipo, Sabonis, Miles Turner for a full season. Yeah. All right. The next name I got is Scott Brooks of the Wizards. I think that if the Wizards lose in the first round, this season uh i think scott brooks could potentially be on the hot seat although his relationship with russell westbrook might save that but i just think the wizards even though they did finally crawl their way into the playoffs it was a very underachieving year being four games under 500 with guys like russell westbrook and bradley beal on their team i know they got bit by the injury bug and COVID and all of that i just I don't know what's going to happen in in Washington D.C. with Scott Brooks if they lose in the first round. Um, well, they're definitely going to lose in the first round, <laughs> but um, I think that they'll hold on to Scott Brooks. He's a good, he's good at developing young talent. They really like you know Demi and Rui. Yeah, um, think- Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant was hurt all year. He was supposed to be their starting center. Um, yeah, I know, probably so- I probably just had him written down because they hadn't played this playing game yet tonight and if they lost i thought maybe he was going to be fired 
Well, I mean, and they, they were definitely underachieving in a wins-loss call, like, regardless if they get in the playoffs or not. Right. Um, but I don't know if, like, that's a Scott Brooks thing. I think that's still a solid head coach. you got to keep rolling with him if you want to build off of this, um, you know, young core that you got. Now, I assume that means you probably also think that Brad Stevens' job is safe. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think he should be gone, dude. I, I mean, I think the Boston Celtics need to get rid of him and Danny Ainge and just start fresh. I just don't think that whole scenario has worked, but that also might just be my bias. Yeah, I think there's a little bias in there, <laughs> but I, I think that uh, the Celtics have a really good basketball team for a lot of years now, um, and Brad Stevens has had a lot of seasons where – He's faced a lot of adversity and still won games. He, you know, he he won games with Isaiah Thomas. He won games with Terry Rozier. You know, um, he he puts out quality basketball teams. And you know, say what you will about Danny Ainge and not making moves, they also have not made a lot of bad moves. And that's kind of my counter argument. It's like, yeah, they. I I think because they're the Boston Celtics, they're always going to be in the mix for star players because they're one of the most attractive destinations in basketball. Yeah. I mean, probably a top five, maybe even three, if you put, you know, winning over like weather. Yeah. Like winning it, tradition. Yeah. Like I would take Boston over Miami, but you know, they're, they're kind of on the same playing field, but it, it, regardless, it's just, um, I think those guys' jobs are safe. I think they're, not only safe, I think they're sa- super safe. I mean, I don't <laughs> okay. think there's any. There's, I don't think there's any chance of getting rid of those guys. Okay, all right, and the last two for they're, you. They're a, they're a center away from being a really good team. Yeah. All right, last two, and it's Mike Boonholzer and Terry Stotts. If these two teams, if the Blazers and the Bucks. I think if the Blazers lose in the first round to Denver, I think the Portland front office is going to have serious considerations for getting rid of Terry Stotts and breaking up both Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. But I feel like we've been talking about that, Tyler, for the last four years, if not the entire time we've been doing the TSK show. Yeah, I think we have. And I've said that it's not the way to do it every time. You just – you you can't lose superstars when you dropped them in Portland. You're never going to get the big free agents to come. Um, so you got to hold on to the stars that you have and that you get. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, I think that Stotts' job's safe. They're another team that's like, they're putting quality basketball out there. Damian Lillard gives them a chance every night and you just, you just do it one little piece at a time, one little Lamello here, you know, Nurkic here. You know, you build it small steps at a time. Yeah. Now, what about Budenholzer? If the if the Bucks underachieve and don't make it to the finals, because that's really all they have left to do uh, with Giannis, do you think yeah. Budenholzer's out? No, nah, I think it's, it's too hard to – I just – I just don't think it's likely that a team that high up at the wins fires their coach. You know, even if it's well, like the Raptors we, fired we, Dwayne Casey after he won coach of the year. 
and that was and that was horrible. And I saw Memphis do the same thing to Lionel Hollins, I think it was. Yes. No, and that's just ridiculous. That's it's that's crazy. Um, teams are too quick to press the blow up button. But uh the the Budenholzer, I think, is extremely safe. Um, his culture is what brought Winnie into this this franchise. Uh, they've been a contender every year. They continue to get better. Um, Giannis is in his prime. You, you just you don't you don't change coaches right after Giannis and and, and Drew Holiday sign these massive extensions. Yeah. All right. So the only one we agree on is Stan Van Gundy and Luke yeah. Walton. Gundy's gone. Luke Walton it probably should be gone. But he's not. So but he's not, who knows so. what Sacramento's doing? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, the only reason I said, again, the only reason I like that is because he is a, a younger guy and they right. have a good young core. Like, if he has a good connection with those guys and you feel good about him in the locker room, then, you know, let's develop together. Yeah. Yep. All right. Tyler, you got a shout out before we get out of here? No, man. Nope, I don't. All right. Well, I'm just going to. Nothing's coming to mind. All right. Well, I'm just going to say good luck to the Lakers on their road to 18. They got one down, 16 more to go. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show for Tyler Pacholke. I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.